Alright guys, you are locked on Falcons. I am Aaron Freeman and today I am joined by the Falcoholics DW and we're going to be talking about the Falcons week 5 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years at FalkFans.com. You would see me on Twitter at FalkFans, and of course, I host this illustrious Locked on Falcons podcast. Today, I am joined by none other than DW. You know him, you love him, some of you may hate him, from the Falcoholic, <laughs> uh, the host of one of many podcasts that they do over there as well as a contributor to that website. He's been on the show before. We had him most recently in our sort of quote-unquote final preview of the week one game against the Eagles, where I think we are all pretty optimistic about what the Falcons may or may not do, at least heading into the season. Uh, Maybe not necessarily into that game. I I can only speak for myself. But uh, now we get to revisit, you know, five weeks later and seeing what the season has unfolded and, uh, you know, commiserate a little bit on what could have been on today's episode, but welcome back to the show, DW. Thanks for having me back. Okay, let's jump right into it. Is the season over? Yes. Okay, <laughs> moving on. All right, guys, let's <laughs> wrapping up today's episode. We appreciate you for joining Lockdown Falcons. Uh, so, I, I, go, I, think go. You've seen, I think you've seen the odds. I mean, it, it's teams that are one and four. First of all, no team that is one and four has ever made the Super Bowl. Not that we should even have those aspirations at this point. Um, but I think uh, the statistics show NFL history, it's about a 6% chance that they're going to make the playoffs. So from the standpoint of making the playoffs, it's, it is all but done. Yeah, I think I, think I would be I'm, – I'm kind of there with you. I'm not officially like 100% it's, it's done. I'm, I'm still buying into that 6% chance. You, you, so they're say, you're telling me there's a chance. But I, I think if they had played better against Pittsburgh – I would feel a little bit less inclined to close the door completely. Um, but because they just basically had maybe one good quarter of performance and then got absolutely dominated in the, in the other three quarters of that game against a, a very lackluster Steeler team from my perspective, um, and I think a lot of people's perspectives, um, to see them sort of get beat like that, I think sort of really makes it a tough sell that suddenly things are going to get turned around and this team's going to, find within itself and, and wind up finishing the season, you know, eight and three or nine and two or whatever they need to do in order to make the playoffs. So, yeah, I think, you know, the playoffs is over. But then I guess it depends on sort of if you're of the attitude that it's playoffs or bust. And if you're not going to make the playoffs, you might as well, you know, bottom out so you can get the higher draft pick. Uh, I know there's a very vocal contingency of Falcon fans <laughs> that uh, certainly believe in that philosophy. They have been preaching that philosophy at any, basically after any early season loss that the Falcons <laughs> have experienced over the last four or five years. Uh, and I, I certainly understand of, you know, this may be the one time where I can certainly understand where those people are coming from. Yeah, it, it's insane that we are in the first week of October, uh, the second week of October, and talking about the draft at this point, it's very depressing. Very depressing. Yeah. Uh, last time we experienced that was, what, 2014 maybe? 
20, yeah, 2013, 2014 in that range. It's, it all has turned into a blur from the alcohol and, and coping. I know I did give up on the, on the 2014 season a lot earlier than I think a lot of other people did, but, uh, that was, it was around, it was around this time I think we lost to the Giants and I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I uh, think that's true. And, and, uh, Certainly, we got the Giants coming up. It, losing to the Giants, I don't know. I, it's a weird thing with me. I just, I really do not like that Giants team. They are sort of the the team that I despise the most in the NFL. I know that's a weird team to hate, but mm. it is one of those teams that are just like, oh my god, I hate this team so much. <laughs> and um, they, you know, they're. I think part of it is because they get talked about a lot. You know, I don't want to go in too deep into my Giants issues, but uh, for the moment, just. You know, don't mind me going to therapy for a second, but <laughs> they are a team that historically has always been like a seven and nine, eight and eight team, but they get talked about every year like they're a Super Bowl contender, and it's just caused me over the years to really despise the amount of coverage that they get for being literally the most mediocre team in the NFL over the last like ten years. So when the Falcons lose to them, I'm just like, oh my god, we just lost to you know the another version of this is like the Tennessee Titans or something like that. And it's just like, why are we losing to teams like this? But that's my own personal hangups. Anyway, before we move on and and get into the specifics of the Steeler game, I do want to let you guys know that the NBA season is just around the corner and you can get all your NBA previews this week on locked on NBA podcast, six teams per day, five days a week, all 30 teams previewed, uh, from the local experts on the Locked On NBA podcast. Follow that podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So you guys know that if you listen to this podcast, I have a lot of answers, but I don't have the answers to everything, and that includes who's going to win each and every week in this tumultuous 2018 NFL season. But if you guys have those answers, then you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to go to my bookie. Trust me, they're the best bet you'll make this year. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is very easy to use. They have in-game live betting over, under, on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie has been recently slammed with new betters, and they definitely want to help you guys out by giving you a $25 free play. If you deposit $100 or more after 7 p.m. Eastern, use that promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate that offer. Go ahead, visit my bookie today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget that promo code LOCKEDON25 to get an extra $25 free play after you deposit after 7 p.m. You play, you win, you get paid. Um, DW, let's talk about the Steeler game. You know, season's over. Okay. We, we checked that box. Um, let's, was there any positive things that you saw from this Falcon team on Sunday against the Steelers? We'll, we'll get that out of the way first before we get into the long list of negatives that we saw. Oh boy. That, that's, that's hard. I mean, it's sad that this is what it's come to. I'll tell you, I was actually, Somewhat impressed in his limited snaps by uh, Michael Bennett. I thought he played decently uh, for the time that he get, he, he was in there. Um, I really like how Deidre Sonat is coming along as a rookie. I think we may have found a good, uh, you know, solid, reliable two-down defensive tackle uh, in him, and that's you know that's good to see. It's always good to see draft picks come along. 
I'm still very uh, excited about Demonte Kizzee. I feel like he is. Uh, he's. This is. This season is benefiting him tremendously. We saw it in the preseason. I feel like it's paying off in the regular season. Uh, he is one of the few bright spots on this defense. Um, you know, and he obviously had that interception, his second straight game with an interception. Um, even though that was more on. Roethlisberger being an idiot in the, the red <laughs> yeah. zone than yeah. anything he did. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there weren't a lot of positives, unfortunately. Um, it's really, it's it's a lot of the young guys. I thought Edo Smith uh, continued to show that, got, he, that he deserves to get snaps. Um, but it, the sad thing is that you go across the board with the veterans and it's sort of this massive letdown uh, across the board. So for me, it's the young guys and how they're coming along. Uh, they're the, the the lone bright spot that I'm I'm sort of taking away from that game. Yeah, uh, I, I thought Desmond Trufant played well. Um, uh, it was yeah, nice to did. see him bounce back and, and have a good game after a rough outing against Cincinnati. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's you know we do tend to grade the the young guys on a little bit of a curve. It's not like they're playing great, but they're at least flashing, and that's sort of what you want from particularly rookies. Uh, in particular, I thought Olakun had some notable mistakes and notable breakdowns, but I thought also he made some positive plays. I thought his play picked up in the second half of the game. Can't say the same for the other linebackers on the team. Um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to sit here and think of other positives. You know, Sanu had that nice big play, had a couple of nice catches. Hooper had a, a good first half of the game. Um, you know, of the offensive linemen, Wes Schweitzer probably – looked the least incompetent so that's a positive <laughs> um <laughs> uh you know i i think jake matthews continues to play at a decent level as well uh you know um trying to think anything else that you know I, I you're right i think Ito played reasonably well i thought you know Devonte had a, a couple of nice runs where he looked like the old Devonte as he's coming back from his injury uh ricky ortiz you know, as far as fullbacks go, you know, I thought he did okay from what I saw. So there are some positives there. I don't know. Do, do we have enough time to, to list all the negatives? I guess uh, what <laughs> what were some of the things that really stood out to you that were probably the more frustrating aspects watching the team on Sunday? Uh, you know, the offensive line as a whole, uh, I thought Matthews was the only one who played consistently well throughout the game. Uh, Alex Mack, uh, has had a rough season and you know, it's, we were debating, I think some people have mentioned maybe he's injured. It could just be that he's hit the wall. I think he turns 33 in November. Uh, So that's a little bit concerning. Um, But the rest of the offensive line Schrader got, uh, had his second consecutive really bad game. Um, And, uh, or third, actually, I think you could say three in a row at this point. Yeah. And uh, you know, arguably the, the guards were not God awful, but they're still, you know, there's still some issues there. Schweitzer, I think, is we know what he is. He's a below average guy at this point. Fusco is hit or miss, I think, depending on the game. But this wasn't, you know, I, I didn't feel like this was a matchup that Pittsburgh owned, uh, you know, prior to some of the other matchups we'd seen the past few weeks. So I was really sort of disappointed in the offensive line. And I think Ryan got sacked, what, five, six times yesterday. It was, it was a ridiculous number. And he is currently tracking to be sacked uh, a career high this season, if it keeps up. So, uh, you know, that's not good. That was a huge letdown. And honestly, I, I, 
we've been talking about this within the Falcoholic Writers Room, and I don't know what to make of it yet. And this next game is going to be a turning point for me one way or the other. But whenever uh, Devontae Freeman is in a Sark offense, it falls apart. I don't know if he gets in Sark's head, uh, but there is literally a 14-point swing. There's a 14-point difference in the offenses that Sark has run without Freeman versus the ones where Freeman is in the game for a significant number of snaps. It, it Maybe it's just a fluke statistic. I'm hoping it is. But the samples this at this point after you know a season and a half, it really looks like something happens with Sark where you know it's like Devontae's that ex-girlfriend that gets in the head and then he just falls apart and can't think straight anymore. It is really, really weird, but they they drop literally two touchdowns per game when Devontae's in the game. So that's really frustrating to see. Um, and that's honestly one of the things I was sort of scratching my head over. I expected the defense to be awful and they surpassed that. Um, so it's really more about what the offense failed to do for me. I agree with most of those points. I've had people bring up the whole, you know, Sark is better with one running back versus two running backs. I don't know how to explain that. I don't either. <laughs> um, but you know, hopefully you're, hopefully you're right. I'm hoping that's a, a trick of sort of, well, I mean, last year it didn't matter how many running backs he had. It, it was it wasn't gonna, the offense wasn't really working. So, um, you know, I just my hope is it's just a coincidence that the two games Devontae has played this year that the offense hasn't been clicking, and the three games that he hasn't played the offense was clicking. So we'll have to see how that turns out. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if I have any other negatives to add. To, to, to build off of that, I think you hit the main points. The offensive line struggles were really the surprise of the game, I, I guess, just because you look at the Steelers' front and you're like, it's not that like they're devoid of talent, but it, it is one of those things where it's like they shouldn't have dominated this game to the degree that they did, both right. stopping the run and uh, getting after Matt Ryan. Um, you know, it was, it was weird watching them the Falcons give up like two or three sacks off of play action. Um, you know, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, and then, you know, they struggled against the blitz, you know, the Steelers just basically were able to control this game throughout other than maybe that second quarter where I thought the the defensive line played a little bit better. They got a little bit of pressure on, on the couple of series they had there. Um, and the offense seemed to be clicking a little bit more, um, in that quarter, but outside of that, they didn't really do much. So it was a very disappointing performance for this team overall and going against a Steelers appointment that had looked very vulnerable. And this was something I talked about in yesterday's episode and talked about on Twitter. It was like all the areas where the Steelers were struggling with, they didn't struggle with against the Falcons. And <laughs> it's like, what, <sighs> what, I, I, you know, what can you do? You know, whether you want to sit there and be like, they weren't prepared for the game or the team has quit or what, you know, all those various hot takes that people put out there, it was very clear to me that they just weren't in it. You know, what the cause of that was, I have no idea. Maybe they had, you know, too many hot dogs or something the day before or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> someone, I, 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 you know, it could be anything, but um, yeah, it just didn't, it, they just didn't come to play. No, uh, so it was, it was a, the opportunity to sort of, get a win and and hopefully turn the season around and they did arguably the exact opposite of everything they needed to do in order to save the season. 
Yes. Okay. And uh, since the Falcon season is pretty much over, it doesn't mean your fantasy football seasons are over. And you guys can check out two fantasy football shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. First, check out Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 to get you the latest updates on injuries and roster news from around the league. Also, check out Locked On Fantasy Football with host Vinny Iyer, getting a different fantasy expert every day from around the fantasy world. Get them both wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, I'm excited to talk to you today about our newest partner, Lokai. If you haven't heard that name before, well, now you have. Add a little game day swag now with Lokai because Lokai has your back with their new game day bracelet collection. This is an amazing company. I've never really been a big bracelet guy, but this is going to be one that changes my perspective on that because I think Lokai has an amazing message. They have game day bracelets that come in all 32 NFL teams' colors. It holds water from Mount Everest, the highest point on earth and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point. And I think that's a daily reminder to keep that balance in your life between the highs and the lows. And I think that's a reminder that makes a lot of sense, particularly given how this Falcon season is going. And I think this is an amazing message that personally keeps me focused uh, during the good and bad times in both my life and when I cover this Falcon team. And I think now it can do the same for you. Since Lokai is a new friend of the show, they are offering an exclusive discount of 25% off all game day bracelets to Lockdown Falcons listeners. Trust me, guys, this is a deal that you want to take advantage of. By using the promo code FALCONS25 when checking out at Lokai.com, that's L-O-K-A-I.com, and use that promo code FALCONS25 to get 25% off your any game day collection bracelet. You guys got to take advantage of this amazing deal. Now, a common question is, what do Falcons do? And the answer is... They rise up, of course. Well, they obviously have not been doing that as of much lately, but perhaps you are looking for ways to rise up yourself by increasing your performance and getting that extra confidence embedded. Now you can by heading over to Blue Chew. That's right, blue like the color blue, because bluechew.com is bringing you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. This stuff works, and you can take it anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as any pill. So unlike the Falcons, you can be ready whenever the opportunity rises up. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no more in-person doctor's visits. No more waiting in line at the pharmacy. And best of all, there is no more awkwardness. Guys, Blue Chew is made in the United States. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than any pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our Locked On Falcons listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we want to thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. So, D.W., what else is there to talk about with this Falcon team? At least from my perspective, I look at this season as less of, uh, you know, how do they fix it? You know, basically, I'm at the point where it's like if they were going to fix it, they would have fixed it by now. Right. And more about this is a year about let's let's see who – let's evaluate some guys. Let's see who's going to stick around beyond this year. What veterans – are we going to see a situation – where the Falcons are moving on from players like Ryan Schrader and Alex Mack or 
Muhammad Sanu and Robert Alford, some of these older guys, mm-hmm. um, after the season? Are we going to look at some of these younger players that at various points since we drafted them, we saw them, oh, this guy's a future starter or this guy's a key role player, like the Duke Rileys, like the Eric Sovers, like the Isaiah Olivers, etc. And are these guys going to be part of the long-term piece, uh, long-term puzzle for the Falcons down the road? Or are these going to be guys that, you know, may or may not be replaced with mid-level, mid-tier free agents or mid-round picks in next year's draft and whatnot, and the, and the Falcons may move on from some of these guys in the, in the near future. So I think that's where sort of where my headspace is at, seeing who can emerge, who can improve over the next 11 games. Uh, I'm curious sort of what are you looking for out of the rest of the season? Yeah, so I'm, I'm in the same place. Uh, even though the playoffs are out of the question, that doesn't mean the season itself is over. Um, and, and in fact, the next uh, – you know, 11 games are going to be crucial for making sure that this sort of collapse is at least mitigated somewhat in the future. Um, obviously, you can't plan for the devastating nature of the injuries that they suffered this year. It, it's sort of uh, the regression back to the injury mean for the Falcons all happened at once and it happened to, to the entire defense, it seems like. Um, but at the same time, you know, we've got a bunch of these young guys who were it not for these injuries, we're probably not going to see a lot of the snaps. Guys like Foyer, um, you know, uh, Ido Smith with uh, Devontae being down, um, uh, Oliver, Isaiah Oliver. Uh, and, and at this point, I think now's the time to get these guys as many snaps as possible to see, number one, if they develop, uh, how much they develop between now and the end of the season. Because uh, we know they're going to look bad at stretches. That's what you know happens when you put rookies in. Um, but will they improve? Will they flash, you know, as you mentioned earlier? Um, and do you believe that when you get to the end of the year that they're guys that can be uh, starters uh, in, in 2019 and beyond? Are they quality depth guys, uh, which obviously is a huge question uh, that, that has been exposed to us this year? Um, and, and then it will also help you to gauge where your holes are at. If you find out that someone like Foyer doesn't develop uh, and, and does not turn into a good backup, uh, or even just a, a good special teamer, then you know you've got a hole at linebacker that you still need to fill. Um, so I think there's a lot that the Falcons can use in this these next uh, 11 games, even if they're out of the playoff race, that they can use for 2019 and beyond to help them more fully examine the roster. Uh, you know, let's get a guy like Matt Gano in there, uh, put him at, at tackle and give him some snaps at some point, hopefully with Ryan, uh, with, uh, Ryan on the bench and Matt Schaub being exposed to the inevitable hits. But uh, in all seriousness, you want to see what, what can these guys do against um, real competition in a real game. And it will give you a better gauge of the depth that you've had, that you really have. Once you see them in a real game with real experience, you know, real game speed, um, you're going to get a better feel for where the depth of your roster is at as opposed to sort of what we came into this year where we felt good about certain aspects, aspects of it. But then once those players hit the field, it was like, ugh, it's not what I thought it was going to be. So for me, the next 11 games is all about internal evaluation and uh, getting the most out of the guys and figuring out uh, where your holes are at on the roster going into 2019. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. And I think that's absolutely right. Um, Right now, you know, people say like, oh, you know, what areas are the Falcons going to have to go? It's like, when people are, like, I see people tweeting about, like, 
what the Falcons are going to use their first round pick on. And I'm like, you know, unless they have three first round picks, they, they got, you know, I have no idea what they're going to use because they got several areas of this roster where I think they need, you know, they could use significant help at mm-hmm. um, most of it being on the trenches, but you could, you could convince me of a guard. You could convince me of a tackle. I mean, if, if Alex Mack doesn't turn these things around, you could convince me of a center. You can convince me obviously of defensive end or defensive tackle. Uh, and there's other roster spots where I could certainly justify using, you know, a high pick as well um, on both sides of the ball. So I think you're right. I think this is going to be a situation where we're going to have to watch and monitor some of these young guys to see whether or not they improve, whether or not these guys are, are they depth pieces? You know, you look at a guy like Duke Riley, who seemed to be improving over the last two games and then sort of fell off a cliff and, and <laughs> arguably played his worst game that we've ever seen him play. And, you know, we've seen him play some bad games uh, up till now. And um, so you wonder if this is going to be just a one-time dip or is this going to be what we're going to get this, you know, every week or we're going to get this every other week or, you know, how much of a trend is this going to be for Duke Riley for the rest of the season? Because then that does determine his future in Atlanta. I think one of the other things that, you know, this does is we look at some of these players that got injured. You look at Deion Jones, you look at Keanu Neal. The good thing for them is, like, I don't think there's going to be anybody questioning whether or not they deserve, you know, those big second contracts that they people have been pretty confident they're going to get uh, at some point in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months or whatever that is. Right. Um, but I think for some of these guys that aren't necessarily dealing with injuries, you know, the Devondre Campbells of the world, um, I think how they perform down the stretch will potentially determine whether or not the Falcons sort of see those guys as guys that they want to be priority resigns. A, a guy like Tevin Coleman's another good example who's yep. in a contract here. So um, that's going to be, I think, where the mindset is uh, for me and uh, clearly for you. And obviously, you know, to those people listening to us right now, then, you know, maybe that will be your mindset as opposed to trying to figure out what player the Falcons can sign that's going to save their season. I, you know, that ship has probably sailed at this right. point. Um, and if it hasn't, then, you know, great, awesome. Then, the, you know, maybe the Falcons can rattle off five straight wins and all of a sudden, you know, the f- season will be, feel something. But I'm not going to hold my breath on that possibility <laughs> at this point. So, Not at all. Not at all. So, DW, anything else that you want to share about this Falcon team before we duck out of here? Uh, you know, I, to put just a couple of things to, to rest, and I know you've addressed some of it on, on Twitter. Number one, uh, Dan Quinn and Thomas, Thomas Dimitrov are not in are nowhere near being on the hot seat for this season. Uh, I think anyone who thinks that is uh, is overreacting. One in four is awful. It sucks, but these guys are not on the hot seat. Do they deserve some criticism? Absolutely. Uh, and I, I feel like it's fair to have a conversation about um, you know their evaluation of the the depth on the defensive line um, and some of the guys they let go and, and didn't sort of backfill for. Those are reasonable conversations to have, and I think you can make a really strong case that some criticism is deserved. But they're not on the hot seat, and anyone who thinks that is going to be sorely disappointed when both guys are back next year. Uh, so that's the first thing. Uh, and then number two, you know, it, the reactions I think to, to Coach Quinn at this point. Um, range from uh, he's he's a horrible coach to I'm tired of the coach speak and uh, I think you, you said it before we, we started this it, you didn't feel that way when we were winning and you know just keep in mind a lot of this stuff tends to get under people's skin 
especially in the immediacy, the first 24 hours after a loss. Um, Coach Quinn, I, I believe, and still believe, is a very, uh, very, very good talent evaluator. He has set a good vision for what he wants uh, this team to be. In many ways, I think he's still learning on the job. It's still his first foray into head coaching, and he's making a lot of mistakes, but I think he's learning from some of them. And honestly, there's only so much you can do reasonably to overcome injury, um, especially when you lose so many key starters in such a short time frame. Um, and then, of, you know, of course, the challenge is being compounded when you have a tight salary cap and then your own internal players that you want to sign on top of that, uh, both this year and next year, as you mentioned. So there really aren't any perfect solutions. Um, and it's hard. It's, it's hard for, you know, fans of the team to see this season sort of spiral out of control this early. Um, but it happens and the injuries are the great equalizer in the NFL. And it's just been our year to get hit by them and get hit by them uh, like a freaking Mack truck. So uh, it just at this point, it's, I know a lot of it is the overreactions and I think we're, we're all uh, uh, afforded some, some grace in that regard, <laughs> but uh, buckle in because you're going to see a lot of these same guys back next year. There you go. Yeah. The, the whole press conference thing is like, you know, I, I don't get that, but it, it's one of those things where it's like, I, you know, I, it's just weird to me because it's like you, you, you listen to Dan Quinn's press conferences for three years now, you know, I don't even know the 52 games or whatever the number is. Or, mm-hmm. um, and, They're not any different. Yeah. It's the same. And like, to me, I was frustrated with sort of the, you know, what I thought was sort of fake positivity that he did for those first 50 games. And now that he's still doing it, it's like, oh, okay, like, that's Dan Quinn. Like, I, I think part of it is you do see some coaches around the league, like, calling players out in their press conferences. And I think people want Dan Quinn to do that. But, like, that's just not what he's going to be. He's not going to be that type of dude that's going to call. Like, today in his press conference on, on Monday, like, someone asked him a question about, you know, the missed tackles. And he basically said, like, it wasn't necessarily a team thing. It was more of an individual thing, but I'm not going to necessarily call out a specific player in, in terms of doing that. And, you know, you could probably read between the lines that that was maybe Dan Quinn hinting at maybe perhaps Duke Riley uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with the tackling technique and whatnot. Um, but he wasn't specifically going to, like, that's, that's the... That's the most negative you're going to ever hear Dan Quinn say. It's like, yeah, it's one <laughs> one guy keeps screwing up, but I'm not going to say who it is because that's not good leadership. That's basically what he said. And so, like, like that to me is like, oh my god, Dan Quinn just called out Duke Riley, even though you know, I, you know, I don't know that for a fact, but like, that's about the closest you're going to get. And so, I just it's weird to me that people get mad at his post game press conferences, particularly the post game ones, um, when like you know these guys watch, you know, they're like. I'm going to watch the film. And I know, you know, we make fun of some coaches that say those things, particularly when it comes to making quarterback decisions and whatnot, uh, when, when it's very clear that you don't need to watch the fin- film to tell that one quarterback is definitely better than the other quarterback elsewhere yeah. in the league. But when it comes to this stuff, it's like, yeah, some of the stuff the Falcons are doing, you can't necessarily, like, obviously, you know, okay, these guys aren't playing well, but maybe when you watch the film, it's like, okay, well, it's, it's certain things that we can, these these are things that we can fix as opposed to these guys stink and we need to get rid of them and, and do all those sorts of things that I think fans are looking for. You know, that big emotional reaction that you're just not going to necessarily see from Dan Quinn. So the anger over the post-game press conferences, I think, is a little silly in my eyes. But, uh, 
You know? Yes, very much so. So, DW, let the people know uh, where they can find you on Twitter as well as any upcoming things that you're going to be doing on your podcast and at the Falcoholic. All right. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Falcoholic DW and uh, the Falcoholic podcast, uh, wherever fantastic podcasts are downloaded. Uh, we have started experimenting with some new content, including the Falcoholic Crossfire, which, Aaron, we've got to talk about getting you on board for that here soon, since we're going to have some really, really hot topics to debate on Crossfire. I'm sure you're going to have a good time with that. Uh, <laughs> so keep your eye out for that. Uh, obviously, my articles drop weekly at thefalcoholic.com. There you have it, guys. Uh, DW, appreciate you joining me tonight to talk about Falcon season being over. But, hey, you get one of these every five years, I guess, in Atlanta. So, Yep, happens gotta... to the best of us. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, there's always next year. This was the phrase that, if you're a longtime Falcon fan, that was your favorite fa- phrase for many, many years. So <laughs> Decades. Yes. <laughs> So it's one of those things where it's like, hmm, ah, I remember this feeling. Yes, I, this mm-hmm. it's been a while. It's been a while, my old friend. You know, the, very familiar. Yes, the misfortune, but uh, yeah, it happens. Yeah, indeed. I think sometimes you, you kind of need. I'll say it, but I don't necessarily know if I mean it. I think sometimes you kind of need years like this. Maybe not to this degree, but you, you kind of need a wake-up call every now and then to be like, yeah, you're not as good as you think you are, and you yeah. need to work a little bit harder. Uh, yep. You so. have to earn it every year. Yeah. So hopefully they'll earn it next year. So 2019, here we come. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> you know. Is it the the even – yeah, it's usually the even years that are good, right? The odd years are the bad ones, right? Yeah, maybe this is the apex point where we yeah. flip that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so – Good grief! If, if next year gets worse, um, anyway. <laughs> DW, I appreciate you joining me tonight, and uh, right, I man. look forward to Thanks talking for to you later. Me. All right, man. Awesome. All right, guys. Tomorrow is a uh, crossover episode where we'll be talking with the hosts of Locked On Bucks, James Yarko and David Harrison, previewing this week six matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, followed by a fan talk and a Q and A. Probably Q&A on Thursday, Fan Talk on Friday, I think. i got to check my schedule. But uh, if you have any thoughts on whether the Falcon season is over, and which, you know, clearly I, I know some of you guys want to get, you know, gut the roster. I don't think that's necessarily a reality, but it, there's certainly some guys, I think, that, you know, going into the season, I think we might have thought were like, oh, that guy's relatively safe um, heading into 2019. That may not be as safe. And so that's going to be one of the things to keep an eye out as depending on how they perform over the next 11 games. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. If you have thoughts on that, then by all means, I'm all ears to listen to those thoughts. On uh, Twitter at FalcFans, of course, if it's podcast related, just go ahead and send it over to Locked on Falcons. That's the show's Twitter handle. Of course, Facebook, Locked on Falcons is the name of the page. Email address is LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. And of course... You can leave a comment at FileFans.com where the show is posted daily. So, see you guys tomorrow. Until then. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.